0: Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell O'Gaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together, faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word in Jesus' mighty name. Can I get a good amen? amen. All right. I want to have a series this month called The School of Destiny. The School, School of Destiny. And I, I think sometime, some couple of months ago, I, I taught something around uh, the School of Destiny. And... Uh, it's important for us to understand Every one of us here Have a destiny in God It's very important That's, that's where to start from Now Whether you fulfill it or not Is another Issue entirely But you have a God Given destiny There is a reason God created you Now Now uh, let me explain something to you uh, very important to start with there are two you know the Holy Spirit leads ok the Holy Spirit leads and then the Holy Spirit guides but the Holy Spirit does not possess are, are you following this you cannot say I know some of you say it because you hear certain things but you, you say I'm possessed by this Holy Spirit of God Say, so if you think your witchcraft is strong, my own is stronger. I'm possessed by the Holy Spirit. No, that's canality. The Holy Spirit does not possess people. It fuels people to guide and to lead. But demons possess. Now, I, I'll tell you why I'm telling this now. Demons possess. Now, what's the difference between being possessed and being filled? One has to do with your choice. Are you following that now? You have to yield to the Holy Spirit. But uh, you, you don't have a service where people go and say, Oh, demon, I, 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 I come into my life. You don't have that. You just realized <laughs> that you didn't even want the demon, but he came. And then if you, if you were delivered, the Bible says, and you were not taught, proper foundation was not laid. It says the demon will come back and check if the place is clean. He will go and bring seven more what? No, no, he didn't say he will bring seven more demons. What did the Bible say? He will bring seven more wicked. You will go and look for demons that are stronger than him. And that's why if you go for deliverance ministries and you are not taught, your case is never resolved. Because for every time you are delivered, plus seven, then you go again, seven plus seven. At the time you know you are now legion manifested on the earth. Are you following this? So, why I'm saying that is God will never force you to do what he has called you to do. He will never force you. You know, sometimes people say, um, the Lord was calling me to ministry. I did not answer. My wife now died. The two of my dogs now died. One goat around me now died. Then I finally said yes. No, you're boasting in your disobedience. It was your disobedience that opened the door for the enemy to hurt you. God will not have to kill your wife for you to go and preach. And you shouldn't say such things. If you have been that disobedient, be ashamed not to say it on the pulpit. Just say I answered the call. I lost my wife. Just say. It. Don't say. You know, you you make yourself look so special that it was you really God really 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 wanted you that has to kill everybody around you. To, who are you? And you see, inaccurate understandings of these things have made people to feel like God has to force them to do something. There is never a place in scripture where God had to force people. Hmm? I know someone will say, what about Jonah? How many of you remember he prayed and asked God for mercy? Hmm? God had to send him. So, your destiny cannot be fulfilled without your cooperation. Write that down. My destiny cannot be fulfilled without my cooperation with God. My destiny. Because everything you do with God must be an act of faith. So you have to agree with God. You have to agree with God. God didn't just create robots. That's why you see that redemption is taking all this process. If not, you know how we do things, right? When you go and play football match. Right in those days when you go and play football match, maybe you have the the football. Then they choose everybody, choose everybody because you are small. They didn't choose you. You just say no problem. You carry your ball. Say oh we'll put you later. Say no, you are not playing again. Right? You know God could have just looked down and just say okay well Satan messed up this experiment. Satan yourself everybody clean slate create a brand new world. Let's start again. No. No, man's choice. Is important. Listen to me. In this life, your choice is important. You can choose to obey God or you can choose to disobey God. So, I, I want to talk about the power of right questions in life. Follow me. I, I hope I can get through this. I really want to get through this. The power of the right questions. Power of asking the right questions. Put it that way. The power of asking the right questions questions are powerful tools that can guide us into fulfilling destiny i'm going to talk about four key questions you must ask yourself people who ask the right questions and give honest answers with the help of god and proper counsels were able to fulfill their purpose then i said many people do not fulfill their purpose in life or live up to their destiny because they ask the wrong questions and give the wrong answers to those questions. So you, you must learn to ask the right questions. Then you must learn to give the right answers and honest uh, answers to those questions. Then you can start fulfilling destiny. Genesis chapter 3 started with a question. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 9. Let's look at this. God asks people setting questions. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 9. Uh, it says... You know how it was verse 8 genesis 3 8 it says then they heard the sound of the lord god walking in the garden in the cool of the day and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the lord among the trees of the garden right so in the evening god cool of the day well didn't say evening cool of the day you know would come fellowship with man and that's why god created man to fellowship with man to hear the voice of the lord that's where instructions were given to Adam. But on this particular day, because man had sinned, and you know the sin of man came through the question that Satan asked. Right? The question that Satan asked. Ask Eve. Did God say? Okay. You know, certain times doubts come into your heart when the devil asks you certain questions. Weariness comes into your heart when the devil asks you certain questions. We're not dealing with that. We're dealing with asking the right questions. Now, look at what the Bible says, verse 9. Then the Lord God called to man and said to him, Where are you? How many of you know if I ask you, Where are you? What should you say? Eh? You should tell, you should tell God the tree you are. You are, you are you're in me. I'm behind this fourth tree. You see, that question God asked Adam was not just a question of his location. Because the question... That's trying to say, what choice have you made? Where are you? Where I positioned you to have dominion, to have authority. Where are you, Adam? And some of you this morning, God is asking, you, where are you? And instead of Adam to say, I'm behind the tree, or I am in number 7, 17th street, <laughs> Garden of Eden. Look at what he says. He started explanation. He says, I heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? As usual. Man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me. She gave me from the tree and I ate. And I'll talk about this. Every time you ask questions and you shift responsibility, you'll never get the honest answer. Why are you poor? My uncle, you will never get the right answer. Why are you poor? If, if Obi was given the mandate, you will never get the answer. Every time you shift blame, you will never end up with the right answer. Where are you in God's plan? This was man. And you know, it's interesting that he's shifting the blame to the woman. Is this not the same woman Adam was writing a poem about? Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. You shall be called woman. Because of, where are you? Isn't it amazing that when God asks us where we are, the very things we're excited about now becomes the reason we tell God we're not fulfilling purpose. God asks you, where are you? Is the children you give me. I should have been praying now. But you know, you know you, you, you've never taken care of children before, God. Where are you? Is the husband you gave me. Isn't it amazing that the very things God blesses us with are the very things that pull us away from his presence? So exciting when people come and they say, oh, Pastor, I'm believing God for a job. I know. They, you know. And then we pray for them. And the job comes. See, and then we ask like God, where are you? say, say send your account, sir. No, that's not the question. That's not the question. The question is, where are you? Never in your life live a life that money replaces you in the house of God. Don't ever live that way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't live where any time they talk about church, the first thing that comes to your mind is accounts. Where's accounts? Send accounts. I will send you people something you are lost i'm sorry to say but you are lost you are gone if every time they talk about the things of god your physical presence your activity your participation is not what comes to your mind it's how much money you can send so that those of us that are jobless can do the work for you you are lost Let's go for soul winning. How much to print track and to mobilize? To mobilize? <laughs> you are lost. Then those of us that are jobless, hmm? that don't have money, that are still believing God, that when it is our turn, things we turn, we go to be the one winning soul. why you are backing us up, it's money, you are backing us up. What stops you from giving? And what stops you from participating? what time in your life would you serve God? At what time? Hmm? Where will you get to? You will not say, "Eh, uh-huh. God, I want to serve you. Let's leave that. We'll talk about that some days. But where are you? So God is asking every one of us here. Where are you? In the plan of things. In the things that are committed to your hand? Questions. So questions unveil things. So a simple question God asks him, he started describing ne- uh, nakedness. <laughs> God did not ask him, are you wearing shirts? No. He just say, where are you? He said, oh, I heard your voice. I was afraid. I'm naked. And who sends you? Where are you? <laughs> okay, let's see another question. First um, Kings chapter 19 verse 13. You see, it's amazing how many times God asks people questions to unveil where they are. First Kings 19. Fulfilling destiny. First Kings 19 verse 3. Where are you? <laughs> Thank you Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. First Kings 19. Let me tell you. Nothing outside of your your life can cause you to fail except you accept it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen to me. Even the devil cannot cause you to fail except you allow him. Nothing. Your country is not what is causing you to fail. Your country is not what is causing you to fail. Your family is not what is causing you to fail. Nothing outside of you. God hasn't designed your life and placed the success of your life on anything outside. Everything you require to excel in life is on the inside of you. Praise God. Are you still here? Okay, First Kings chapter 19. I need to finish this quickly. Verse 13. Look at this. Huh? That's why you should be careful what you listen to. Elijah had done this powerful prayer, called down fire. And Jezebel just sent her a message. <laughs> Jezebel just sent her a message. Hmm? I'm going to kill you. Then Elijah went. N- chapter 19, verse 2. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me. And even more, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And he was afraid. Hmm? And I rose and ran for his life. This man just called down fire. That's why in life, never, never, never be overconfident. Are you hearing what I'm saying? No, no, how would I put it now? Don't live a life in such a way that I can watch this thing. It will not affect me. I can hear this. It will not affect me. I am strong. No. This man just called down fire. And Jezebel just sent one WhatsApp message. He forgot fire. The scripture says he ran for his life. Jezebel said, you've killed all the prophets. I'm just imagine if you've killed all the prophets, you could just say, well, I'll take care of you. The, the, the moment in your life you hear certain things, if you are not guarded, it doesn't matter what you have achieved yesterday. You can fail today. Every information, no information leaves you the same. Be careful what you listen to. I've always told you in this church, always study the humanity of the people written in the scripture because God is teaching us a lesson from it. This was the man that just called down Fire. Jesus said, "I will make your life like one of the life of this prophet." The man took off, and ran. You know how you have, you know, achieved things in the office, Ba, bang, 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 and you just come home, hmm? and your wife look at you in one way. Then you now call your friends. Are you people still there? Still there? Still there? Is the fire still there? You are running for your life. I'm just saying. Okay. Unless <laughs> some people don't like to go home. Even when everybody has finished work, they are collecting other people's fight to walk. Go home. They're running for their life. Because they want everybody to sleep before they come. All right. Verse 13. When Elijah heard it, He wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And behold, a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? God asked him, What are you doing here? What are you doing here? This is not the location I placed you. You ought to be in Israel confronting the false systems of Babylon. What are you doing here? Explanation again. Verse 14. Then he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left, and they seek my life to take it away. <laughs> then the Lord said, go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you have arrived, you shall anoint Isaiah king over Aram, Jehon the son of Nimish, and you shall anoint king over Israel. And Elisha the son of Shaphet, you shall anoint as prophets in your place. The truth of the matter is I don't believe that this was how God wanted Elisha to end. But at this point, the man got discouraged, got despondent, got wearied, felt he was alone, and he was of no more use to the purposes of God. And God says, I know someone in your place. Can I tell you one good thing and sad thing about God? God doesn't matter what you feel about the purposes of God. They will continue with or without you. You make the choice to be part of it. Whatever God tells you to do and you feel you cannot do it, you are too busy, you are too anointed, you have things to do, later you will settle with God, God's purpose and plans will not wait for you. Listen to me. Your destiny will not keep hanging forever. God will embrace it. Because he's anointing someone. Okay. So I've shown you how power, um, how powerful questions are. God asks people questions at the right time. Some of you, God is asking you, "What are you doing here?" And can I tell you, the one answer to that question is just one answer. If the Lord asks you, "What are you doing here?" you should be able to say, "Lord, I'm here because you asked me to be here." No explanation. You should be where God wants you to be doing what God wants you to do and every time God asks you where are you you should be able to lift your hands and say sir I'm at my duty post where you asked me to be. Any other thing is explanation. And this is the one thing I find it difficult for Christians to answer. Are you where God wants you to be? Are you doing what God wants you to do? Are you following what I'm saying? If there's any prayer you must pray very, very passionately in your life, is clarity. There's nothing that gives you confidence than knowing, you know what? I'm where God wants me to be. I'm doing what God wants me to be. I'm plugged in the local church that God wants me to be plugged in. I'm serving the pastors that God wants me to serve. I'm doing where God, I'm where God wants me to be. All right. So, questions to fulfill destiny. I just showed you that as an introduction to show you that. Questions will pull out stuff. First set of questions Judges chapter thirteen judges chapter thirteen and um I, I want you to look at verse twelve for me all right that's it judges chapter thirteen verse twelve you remember the angel came uh, talk about the birth right. so uh, this was after Jephthah the birth of Samson and the rest now go to Judges 13 12 then Manoah said now when your words are fulfilled two questions what shall be the boy's mode of life and his vocation two questions The Christian Standard Bible said, Then Manoah asked, When your words come true, What will be the boy's responsibilities and work? What will be his responsibilities and work? Pay attention to all the translations I'm using. The CSB. What will be his responsibility and work? God's word translation says, How should the boy live? And what should he do? How should the boy live? Remember, this was a boy that the angel prophesied that he was going to be powerful now pay attention the, 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 the parents didn't just say oh thank you Jesus we're going to have a son the angel have spoken and they were just about no no they asked the right questions for this destiny to be fulfilled what will be his responsibilities how should he live and what will be his work that means they understood that no matter the prophetic destiny over anyone, if you cannot talk about your purpose and your responsibilities, those destinies will not come to pass. The reason why we gather in church every time and drink anointing oil, drink coconut oil, have hands laid on us. Sometimes they even flog flog, you know, flog some of us. Since the oil and the hands laying is not working, flog some of us, embarrass us, call our case, destiny remains the same because we're not asking... After all these prophetic words, what's my responsibility? And what should I do? Every prophetic word that places no responsibility on you. There'll be some issues there. How many of you know that even for Jesus coming, he didn't just say, a woman shall give birth? Hmm? Did he say a woman shall give birth? What did he say? A A virgin shall give birth. Which means that if you want to birth Jesus, what's your responsibility? So if you say, He is my life, he's my body, I can use it to what? No problem. Do what you want to do. But Jesus coming won't be through those laps. Say amen. <laughs> this is the truth we don't want to hear in church. We don't want to assume and, and, and I'm going to teach a series of messages. Favor is not The reward for irresponsibility. The kind of favor we teach in church makes people lazy. 24-hour miracle. You are going to, from from prison, you are going to prime minister position. The journey is not like that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I know some of you now, they say, let's go to the house of assembly. What do you think is the problem of Nigeria? I say, it's prayer. And I know if they put some of you there in the house of assembly, you will do prayer from morning to evening, bills you will not pass, (laughs) because you don't have an idea. You can even build church in the house of assembly. Say, let's put church here. The author of the Lord must come from this place. That's why some of Christians fail in business. Want to assume responsibility. Root to customers, and yet want to increase sales. And as we are going, they are pursuing you with the cross. If you don't buy, God will bring people. If you don't buy I me, mean, he's harassing people. That's why some Christians are poor. Look at this. Good news translation. Then Manuel said, when your words come true, what must the boy do? What kind of life must he lead? Look at this. What kind of that means I I really want you to get this, don't miss this. For purpose to happen, there is a kind of life you must live. Okay, I'm a Bible teacher, I'm a pastor. What kind of life should I live? How can you have a pastor who don't like to study the Bible? Are, Are you hearing what I'm saying? That means my call is to interpret scriptures, which means that my life must be guided in the light of scriptures. I must study scriptures. I must read scriptures. Uh, are you following what I'm saying? There is a life to live to be an effective pastor. If not, I can just come on the pulpit now and say, I see, I see, you will make it. I say, everything stopping you will not stop. you. In January, it will not stop you. I say, February it will not. March, you will not be stopped. You will realize that the man has not studied. By the time he called the 12 months of the year, then we enter next year. I say 2024, the door has opened. Then by the time he does, 10 years, 10 minutes is gone. He says, stand up. This is a very corrosive anointing. Yes, it is. It's actually corrosive. It's, it's corroding people's purpose away. And those teachers don't put responsibility on you. The only responsibility you have is, I receive. I receive. I receive, I And it's easy. You don't have to open your Bible. You don't have to do anything. Just, I receive, I receive, I receive, I receive. It's easy. And get you a bottle of oil. So every time you are going out, take one shot. Easy. You don't have to read the Bible. You don't have to pray. You don't have to do anything. And then I like it. Two testimonies show up. Then you are like, hmm. If God has done it for my neighbor, then he's in my neighborhood. (laughs) Alright? I learned that in (laughs) the US. If God has done it for my neighbor, then he's in my neighborhood. You keep waiting in that neighborhood for 10 years, then you now get frustrated. say, pastors are thieves. (laughs) We've been doing church. When we started church, we were not born. A frustrated Christian is a Christian that has not been taught who he is in Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Go and read the book of Hebrews. The Bible says women refuse deliverance. They refuse to be saved because they wanted to maintain their faith. What message did those people hear? Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Are you still here? Alright. Then, the World English Bible says, Manoah said, now let your words happen. What shall be the child's way of life and mission be? So two questions you must ask yourself in life. Please write these things down. Number, Number one, what is my manner of life? What is your manner of life? Hallelujah. Are you learning something this morning? All right. what's my manner of life? Which means, what disciplines must I acquire to live the kind of life that God wants me to live? What, what is my manner of life? What's my mode of life? You see, if you understand this, child of God, you will not be in competition with anyone. I told you, uh, a couple of years ago, I, I, I told myself I wanted to study theology. I hadn't studied theology, just personal study and be raised by my dad. So I said I wanted to study theology. So I went to, uh, I, I applied for a school, checked out the certifications and everything. So when they saw all the things I've done, you know, church planting, a couple of things, all the things I've done, I've written books, they said, oh, they want to give me masters. I should just start from masters. So I told them, no, I, I don't want to start from masters. I want to start from first degree. You know, the director of admissions <laughs> wrote to me and asked me, so why are you making that choice? I said, because I want to lecture in Bible schools. And, and I want to ensure that I have all my degree from the first degree upwards. That was how many years ago. I finished that, started my master's in biblical studies. Now, today I'm helping churches in the US to set up Bible schools, I'm teaching in Bible schools. The that is not just prayer, that's a mode of life. Which means the kind of books I I, I read had to change. I have to like reading Old Testament history, had to like reading a couple of things. Why? It's a mode of life. So you know, and then When setting doors open, people say, oh, I tap into that grace. It's beautiful. But with that grace is a mode of life. So for the purpose of your life, what mode, what disciplines should you acquire? How is it that we have come to live carelessly with our lives and we expect to have glorious destinies? And and, and this is about... There's no competition in this because everybody's purpose is different and everybody's purpose will require a certain mode of life. God is not going to judge me for not understanding how business works. That's not my purpose. But if I stand here to teach the Word of God, I have to teach it right. Why? That's my purpose. That will require study. How many of you know Timothy? Paul said, what did he say? Study to do what? Show yourself approved. So that's one question you must ask yourself. Listen, don't forget this message. When you go back today, ask yourself, for the purpose that God has given to me, what mode of life should I live? Hmm? Ask yourself that question. You want to be a millionaire? It's not by Naira Bet. That's not the mode of life. And I've told you, if you're in this church and you're playing sports gambling, I have a covenant with God you will never win. Everybody say amen. Everybody say amen. You will never win. You have to leave this church. I pray to God that any of my members, knowingly or unknowingly, that place I'm telling you, with, in this holy altar, you will never win. Never. So, don't waste your money. You can change churches. You can stop coming today, but I don't care. I'm not very serious with it. I'm just playing with it. You will lose. I'm telling you the day you win, come and tell me you can me. it's not the mode of life it's irresponsibility are you hearing what I'm saying? it's bad addiction I know you are not playing look at me hmm? you know what am saying? but some pastors have betting houses that's your problem What mode of life? You want to be a millionaire, you don't know how to save. will not work. How do you live? You want to get married as a single. You have not adjusted your mindset. What mode of life is required for marriage? Some of you are married, you still want to live as singles. You are married, your house will not continue. You are married, your friends are still more important than your wife. You you still don't value your children. You still want to hang out. Why did you bring people into your life if you still like hanging out? Say, I just want to go and cool my mind. Don't cool cool your mind in the house. It's you that brought the woman that this is the love of your life. In that house, cool your mind. Say, you are giving me heat in this house. Both of you sit down and turn down the heat so that you will stay there. Because it's from all those careless movements that you go to where you're not supposed to go to. Now, give you advice. You sit in the midst of the scornful, the midst of the ungodly. Eh? Imagine God is asking you in a beer parlor, My son, where are you? Hmm? Eh? With bottles all around you, bottles and goat meat and toothpick in your mouth. And God says, My son, where are you? Say, It's the wife that you gave me. He's giving me his. God said, go back. I'll drive you. All right. Okay. What's my manner of life? How should I live? How should I live? Number two, what's my vocation? What's my vocation? When God says, where are you? It means there are some places you should not be found. Can I tell you something? Anywhere you are, and if God asks, where are you? You cannot say, I'm here. Don't go there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They are just about to stick. And God say, where are you? He says, sir, it's Chelsea, I'm on you. First to score, I'm here. <laughs> Don't go there. Huh? Oh, you're in the house with a lady. Huh? And God say, where are you? Excuse me sir, let me tell somebody to go home Don't do it Where are you? Come on somebody How many of you know that It's easy to live this life on God's terms Glory to God Okay, let me leave that Number two, what's my vocation? What's my purpose? What's my purpose? What should I be doing? What's your your mission in life? Hmm? What's your mission? What's your mission in life? What's your purpose? You've got to find it. What's the way I should live? What's my purpose? What should I be doing? As a pastor, as a minister of the gospel, where should I put my energy and showing that when people come to this house every day, they are well fed, they are prayed over? What's my purpose? Okay, let's run quickly. Another question you need to ask yourself. So that's the first set of questions. I want to give you three questions. Quickly. The prodigal son. The prodigal son. Luke chapter 15. So you ask yourself, huh? what manner of life should I live? How disciplined should I be? You know, I, I, to, I don't know if I've told you here, but I remember when the Lord was training me to be a Bible teacher, I told you for four years, the Lord willed me from listening to any preacher and listening, to watching Christian television for four years, just studying the Word of God, reading the Word of God, just studying, reading the Word of God. One of the things it did to me was that I was not influenced a lot on my perception on God's Word. There are some disciplines you have to take. For Samson, he was not to take wine. When everybody was drinking wine, he knew that that was a consecration he had with God. There are certain things that your friends can do; it's not okay for you. Why your purpose differs? That's why. Listen, one of the greatest things that you must have in this life is the ability to stand alone based on your conviction. All this head mentality about life—forget about it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We'll deal with that, and I hope we can get there. Okay, Prodigal Son, Luke 15:17. Mm? I like the prodigal son. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I could actually teach a lot of messages from it. And I'm, I'm sure I've taught a lot. Luke 15:17. You know the story of the prodigal son? Mm? Got his father's words. Question you should ask yourself. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread? But I am dying here with hunger. Ask himself a simple question. Eating with pigs. Just ask himself, Should I be eating this kind of food? When the people in my father's house have more than enough. Right? This is it. I want to make you to understand this. Follow me. With what you have, with what you know, with who you have access to, should you be living the kind of life you are living now. I'll repeat it. Number one, with what you have, With what you know, with who you have access to, is this the quality of life you should be living? Hmm? Let me take it gradually. Number one, ask yourself certain certain simple questions. Let me let me let me tell you how to rephrase this question. If you are being queried in your office ask yourself how many staff are they serving queries now you can tell yourself somebody's witch hunting you or you can ask yourself how many people in this company are they really serving queries number two you can ask yourself how many tenants are owing rent <laughs> eh? how many tenants are owing rent okay ask yourself how many children are owing school fees Don't say the country is tough. Mm-mm. Once you go there, you have, re- you have relinquished your school fees paying responsibility to the actions of the government. Wrong direction. With the tough country, are people still paying school fees? Or you think everybody paying school fees now is a thief? <laughs> you didn't answer me. Huh? <laughs> are you following what I'm saying? Now, you can ask yourself. How many people are failing their exams? You know, one time in school, <laughs> I, I told you here before when I was writing my work, my dad called me. There was one guy, let's call him Oyibo, opposite us. was repairing bicycles, uh, motorcycles. So my dad took me and pointed him to me. He was just directly opposite the house. just pointed and said, You know, we don't have enough money. I'm registering this exam, and your younger ones are coming. If you fail, you are going straight. <laughs> it's like you were in the house that day. So you are going straight there, <laughs> boy. <laughs> you know when I went to write exam and people were ah this exam is stressful. This one they would go and buy. Then there was limca. They buy limca and buy meat pie. I was just hearing if you fail. I'm telling you, when I was writing CRN, I was throwing up. I was sick. They will say, rest a bit. I will write, I will go and throw I will write, I will... At least I could not leave that example. Some people say, where well, is a traumatic experience? That's your problem. That's why I'm here today. When you know your options are limited, you don't have time to play. They now say, bring your work results. You are carrying folder, folder, folder. 1992, I got one B. 1997, 2C. <laughs> Ninety- f- what is wrong with you? Five credits in one sitting. Your own is multiple sittings. Bring one result. You have carried folder. One year, one subject. One year, one subject. Seven credits, seven years. People should have been done with medicine. Ask yourself, why are you failing? We must be people that hate irresponsibility. We must be examples of excellence in everything we do in this life. It's not our businesses that should fall down. It's not Christians that should be owing rent. It's not Christians that should be owing school fees. It's not Christians that should be an embarrassment in the place of work. They want to sack people. Your name is number one on the list and you are a deacon. What kind of deacon are you? What example are you showing to the world? You should be the brightest anywhere you go to. If you like, call it pressure. I'm putting pressure on you. Can you be the last in the class? What are you looking for there? You are the head and not the tail. Only in money. In exams, you are the tail and not the head. Take responsibility. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And men here, don't copy this behavior here where people have children they are not being looked after. You look after your family. You don't have a business hanging out. If you wanted to hang out, don't bring somebody's daughter and children into your house. Turn your house to a hanging out pa- pa- palo. You stay with your family. You look after your family. You be a responsible husband and a responsible father. Somebody say, there's no peace in my home. Sort it out. Go and look for peace wherever you can and fix it. Because the way we are going, the divorce rate in church is getting embarrassing. And we have to deal with it. And we're not compatible, you will be compactable. You didn't bring all of us to eat rice, bring all of us, dressing, we are snap picture, you're not saying you are not compatible. What nonsense is that? You will be compactable. So ask yourself how many people are they dropping from my work? Why are they dropping me? It's not satanic attack, it's irresponsibility. Why is Satan not attacking others? What did Satan see in your life that he wants as poor as you are? What is he looking for? All right. So with what you have and what you know with the books you have read, with the messages you have listened to, with the tapes you have bought, is this how you should live? You have read time management book, time management book, you are still the one that always comes late. Should you be coming late? You have even facilitated time management seminar. Paul Paul said, He that says do not steal, do you steal? Are you hear him say, I've taught people time management. You have to be on time. You have to be on time. You are late. late. Imagine the Holy Spirit was late to raise Jesus Christ. Wow. Uh-huh. You see the way you are shouting. <laughs> so, oh, today is the third day. Eh, fourth day. All the prophecies of scripture would have been forced. He needed to be on time. Tell your neighbor you have to be on time. <laughs> Why are you going late to work? What example is that? Every time they are looking for your name in the time book, they have to look on that. You will never... When they just say, where's your name? You start going... This. Where are you looking for them? Why are you always late? It's my children. Get up by three. Who gave that to them? You like large family and you like to wake up late. It's not consistent. Large family, early waking up. If you have seven children, start by two. Is a, is, is, see, your children cannot be an excuse why you show up at work late. And can I tell you, it's not an excuse why you show up in church late. Some of you are coming too late to church. It's not a good example. When God is asking, where are you? You are still saying you are on the road. And God has shown up. Hey, you know, Sunday morning, the children are very good. Did we, did we tell you to, to have many children that you cannot come to church early? Bring the children here. Feed them there. Listen, do morning prayer. That's why like somebody asks, do they do praise and worship in this church? You come, uh, how will you meet praise and worship? <laughs> Resumption time for you, 840, 8.45. Some of you have never met opening prayer since you joined this church. That's why you go and and say, they don't pray in that church. You say, it's true. And it's your church. Tell so your neighbor, repent. pastor is talking to you. <laughs> so ask yourself, with who you have access to, should you be living this kind of life? Why am I using the prodigal son? Look at this. The prodigal son had a rich father. He shouldn't be eating with pigs. Wealth was divided into two. He shouldn't be eating with pigs. He had the wisdom of his father. If his father was that rich, he should have enough wisdom not to eat with pigs. So I ask you again, with what you have, with what you know and with who you know should you be living this kind of life. Some of you are close to wise people but you live foolish life. Your brother is a mentor to many people. Your life is not a reflection of that wisdom. Hmm? Your boss is very intelligent. Instead of getting close to him to learn the rudiments of the work, you join gossipers during break. You say let him be do doing. We see we will take walk to heaven. Heaven will surprise people. I say heaven will surprise people. Forget it. You <laughs> heaven will not surprise us. We know those of us that are going. And you use all of that to form a. Don't don't stay in the cooperatives of gossips. They never make headway in life. That, you know, and this thing started from that hatred we have for intelligent people in class you know how we just hate people who, who are intelligent they, they put your hand down, they did not ask for homework You are saying, what about the homework of last week what is it <laughs> eh writing <laughs> right, right writing the exam, they say give me a strategy they say what is it, what is it right but even Dalgote, Dalgote did not go to school the girl did not go to school relax, relax how many people who didn't go to school Apart from Dangote and Bigate. Name another name. Bigate dropped out of a good school. He didn't drop out of Bonny Grammar School. If you drop out of this one. (laughs) If you you listen to motivational speakers and you drop out of this one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Don't give yourself excuse to fail. Are you hearing what I'm saying? (laughs) Even if you write well, eh, they will not mark it right well. Are I'm saying? There were days I went to my class teacher and I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure about the score you gave me. Yeah, because I know what I wrote. And there were days I did not go. Whatever they gave me, I know the Lord's hand <laughs> was upon. So those ones who don't go and say, Sir, I'm not sure. You say, uh, Okay, guys, you want to cross check your script? No, sir, no, sir. It's, it's perfect. Because you know that if they cross check it, they might take something out. <laughs> So, don't deceive yourself in life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Alright. Okay. So, with what you have, with what you know, with what you have access to, you cannot be earning a certain level of salary and still be in debt. It's not consistent. Right? You cannot know some people who are wise and mentors in your life and still live foolishly. You cannot have access to greatness and be small. Lot had access to Abraham and got wealth. He separated from Abraham. And look at how Lot ended. Family Lot shouldn't have ended up like that. Being close to Abraham. Having the kind of money uh, he had. Nothing is permanent in this life. Consistent growth is a requirement. Write that down. Nothing is permanent in this life. Consistent growth is what? It's a requirement. Are you still here? All right. You cannot have access to proper mentorship, good teaching, and resources and still be the way you are. I really want you to take back this message and listen to it again. I'm rushing a lot of things, but I want you to listen to it again. Hmm? You cannot have access to the kind of money you have, the kind of resources and knowledge you have, the kind of exposure you have, and still be where you are. Ask the right questions. Why am I eating with pigs? Why am I eating with pigs? Why am I owing? Why am I in debt? Why have I not scaled my value? All right. Next question you should ask yourself. I have two more questions here. Can I finish them? All right. Just give me some minutes, please. Uh, Let me see. Genesis 30 30. Genesis 30 30. Let me go this quick, quick quickly. Genesis 30 30. Laban, Jacob said to Laban, You had little indeed before I came, but your wealth has increased enormously. The Lord has blessed you through everything I have done. But now, what about me? When can I start providing for my own family? That's one question you should ask yourself. When can I start looking after myself, my family, my resources? Sometimes we scatter our energy so much that we don't focus on ourselves. You have helped a lot of people. You didn't save your house rent. What wisdom is that? You helped a lot of people. Your children are now being driven from school. What wisdom is that? Hmm? You can't do charity at the expense of your priorities. Did, what did I tell you? You cannot do charity at the expense of your priorities. You bought phone for everybody outside. Your wife is tying her phone with rubber band. You say, my wife knows how to, how to bear and support. What is she bearing? That's misplaced priorities. Now, I'm not teaching you to be selfish, but you must ask yourself these questions. As a tenant, where shall I live in my own house? Think that way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? Songs of Solomon 1.6 says, Do not stare at me because I am dark. The sun has darkened my skin. My brothers were angry with me. They forced me to care for their vineyard so I could not care for my own self. Forced me to care for their... He says, I am dark from just caring for others and my own self I've not cared about. You are in every association in town. Old women association, you are the secretary. Uh, uh, Bomb sisters, uh, uh, manipulative uh, women, you are the vice president. <laughs> Even young boys association, although you are a, a, a woman, you are representing your husband in young boys. Oh, so so your, your days are filled. You are in 70 WhatsApp groups. Millennium, you are there. How to make money? You are there. Forest trading? You are there. Once you open your WhatsApp message, 250, 270, when will you care for your own mind? Even some of you in dreams, you are attending meetings. You will sleep and tie wrapper. In dreams, your husband is asking you in the dream, where are you going to? He says, We have meeting. <laughs> Wake up, you are tired. Have sex, you are tired. Because you are, you are conducting physical activities, spiritual activities. Later you say you have a spiritual husband. Why do you have spiritual husband when you are going for, for spiritual meetings? <laughs> don't people see you in those meetings? There is no peace of mind. You are scattered. Helping. You are, you are available for everybody, not available for yourself. The day you die, they will eat rice on your head and cry and move on. There are families that have drained people that should stand strong. You are always helping. Always helping. Always helping. Praise God. Always helping. See, God has blessed you for us. Hey, God. Oh, Jesus, I thank God for your life. Are you quarreling with God? Why is God not blessing you? Or do you have a talking problem with God? Are you, are, you, are you and God quarreling? Why is he not blessing you? That your own is to live irresponsibly. My own is to collect the blessing and then be distributing. I say, I'm just praying for you. Don't pray for me again. Pray for yourself. That prayer you are using, that God is using to bless me, channel it, direct it, read the scripture to them. You must be aware that people don't drain your energy. You don't have all the time in this life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Right. Praise God. Alright. First Samuel 17, 27. 25 to 27, quickly. The Israelites has been saying, Do you see this man coming up? He comes up to insult Israel. The king will make whoever kills him a very wealthy man. He gave his daughter to him and declared his father's family exempt from taxes in Israel. David now said to the men standing near him, How will the man who kills this Philistine and and frees Israel from disgrace be rewarded? And then they told him. They said, If you kill Goliath, you'll be free from taxes. Your family will be free from taxes. Two questions. Final questions you must ask yourself. What rewards will I get for conquering this habit? What rewards will I get for overcoming this mountain? There are things in life you have to conquer before the rewards come. That procrastination, what if you conquer it today? What rewards will you get? That prayerlessness, if you conquer it today, what, will you, what rewards will you get? That apathy towards the things of God. That stinginess towards the house of God and the projects of God. What about if you choose today to conquer that and begin to give to God and begin to be available to God? What about if you conquer sleep a bit and you reach some more? What rewards will you get if you overcome the mountain? You sit down and ask yourself, this Goliath in front of me, what rewards will I get if I conquer it? this habit that is destroying me, what reward will I get if I conquer it? And saints, if you ask yourself the right questions, you'll have the right answer. What did David say? What reward will I get if I kill Goliath? Huh? If you conquer that habit, what reward will you get? That sleeping all the time. If you get up one more hour and read, what rewards will it do for your brain? Which mountain will you conquer today like David that will free you from taxes, that will bring wealth to your house, that will bring increase? That, you know, I was, I- in my studies, I was struggling with, with Old Testament poetry. I was really struggling stu- struggling with it when I was, as I was doing my master's. Struggling with it. So uh, I was thinking of reaching out to my lecturer just to skip the course of finding something. And then I went into the room and I thought to myself, "But this textbook they gave us, it's a human being that wrote it. So if a human being wrote it, it means another human being can understand it. I blocked some days and read it. Bam, I understood it. What rewards will you get if you conquer that mountain? I want to take, take this message again. I rushed through a whole lot of things. But I want to take this message again and listen to it again and outline questions. This exam I'm writing, what rewards will I get if I pass it? Right? Ask yourself that question. Ask yourself the right questions. You are single. Why do you really want to get married? Ask, ask yourself the honest question. Is it because you are lonely? Is it because of sex? Ask yourself the right question. Every time you reinforce, you think of your husband. Every time you reinforce, you think of your husband. Wait up for two. Wait up for two. Go and ask married people what they do uh, in rain. They are taking buckets outside to go and fresh water. <laughs> Even if the husband wants to kiss, he says, You kiss later. Go go fresh water for or drum first. Go fresh water for or drum first. <laughs> Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray for everyone here, we pray for myself, that you would cause the light of this word to be engraved in our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name.